0: Welcome to the This Week in Braves Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Well, thanks for joining us for our latest podcast. I hope you're able to stay up for the entirety of the World Series. I was, and my first guest was, and we certainly enjoyed what was a World Series and a Game 7 for the ages without question. Andy Freed, a lot of emotions that went on in, in Game 7 for all of us involved, and look, Regardless of what side you were on, it was a terrific Game 7. It was a terrific World Series.
1: The running joke in uh, my house and my marriage for the last 20 years, uh, whenever a team that, you know, like the Rays aren't in it, look, the Rays have only been in one. So for, uh, what, 19 of our 20 or so years together, my wife always says, well, which team are you rooting for? And she knows my stock answer at this point I said, I'm rooting for a Game 7. <laughs> I don't really care <laughs> I just want this to get to a Game 7, and it did. Last, uh, yesterday, and it was just fabulous. I mean, it's why baseball is the best. It's why game sevens are the best. It's why the postseason is the best of all the sports. And the postseason's the drama was incredible. The it was ex, it was beautifully excruciating. And, uh, and I feel quite uh, heartily bad for the Cleveland Indians. And I and yet I think they should be very, very pleased with what ha- how they made it through the postseason without two of their top starters, who you could say at times were even better than Corey Kluber during this year, and without Michael Brantley, who's their MVP guy, how they did it, I, I'm still not sure. And, and I give them just loads of credit, but I'm happy, happy for the Cubs, of course, too, especially Joe Madden and Ben Sogrist.
0: Uh, no doubt. And, and you know, that, that was what I was going to get to and I blogged about it, and people can read about that at raceradio.moblogs.com. I feel the same as you. The better team won. The more talented yep. team won. It doesn't always work that way, but when it came down to it, having to pitch uh, Corey Kluber twice on three days rest, having used all their starters on three days rest after game three, I think against what is a very good Cubs lineup that got Kyle Schwarber back, proved to be too much, even as good as the Cleveland bullpen was.
1: Yeah, I think ever since the, uh, the mid-90s, with the advent of all these extra rounds of playoffs, uh, I... I I've tended to think over the years that it's more coincidental than anything that the actual best team wins. Uh, I think this is actually two years in a row now that the best team in baseball mm-hmm. throughout the whole year actually won it. I think the Royals were last year, and I think the the Cubs were this year. Uh, 103 wins, and I know they may may be in the National League with a lot of weak weak teams out there, but uh, I do think they were the best team. And you saw them matched up to you know one of the uh, I think it was Joe Buck said during one of the pregame shows that these teams are are so. Uh, you know, locked in, in talent. They're so equal in talent. I, I didn't think so at all. I, I think the Cubs are a much more talented team. Now, if the Indians had all their guys, I, I think it's much, much different. But look at the outfield just between these two teams. I mean, the the Cubs outfield way better offensively and defensively than the Indians. But you know, my, my heart goes out to Cleveland. When I was a kid and I was eight uh, and my Orioles in 1979 were up three games to one and lost. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm 45 years old, it sticks with me to this day. And I can't help but think there's some eight-year-old kids in Cleveland that, that were crying like I was uh, late at night uh, last last night, like I was when I was a kid. So I, I for some reason I empathize with them more then I feel even great for the Cub fans. But, of course, I'm very happy for them, too.
0: And and I would add to that that I also feel for the Indians franchise because working for the Rays, I think we know a smaller revenue team, not a small market team, a smaller revenue team, how hard it is to get there, how hard it is to return there, and the fact that you look at the American League, you mentioned it, it's the stronger league. So even with Brantley back, even with the starting pitchers back, it's going to be very hard to get back into that same spot again, where I think the Cubs, because of their talent, are set up much better.
1: Talent and the league that they're in, uh, and that that's m- maybe the key to it. I mean, there are some serious rebuilding jobs going on in the National League with a lot of tanking teams mm-hmm. out there, and that, that's the main reason I think they, they got to. That, as many as 103 wins, I think you put them in the American League East or the American League and they probably don't win as many, but that's not to take anything uh, away from them at all. It's just the situation... Uh, that they're in, but you, you, you got to get fortunate. you got to get a lot of these weird breaks, and the stars kind of align for different teams different years. I mean, the Indians at, at this stage, I don't feel embarrassed to say, probably weren't as good as the Red Sox, probably weren't as good as the Blue Jays, but they beat them both and only yeah. lost one game between the two series. Uh, things things worked, but, boy, you, I think you really did see Miller and... Kluber went out of gas. I mean, even Franconis said, you can't do this over a long period. Mm-hmm. It's a shame for them that it that it finally happened after Game 5 uh, when, when or after Game 4 when things seemed to all be going their way. But you've got to seize these moments because you just don't know when the stars are going to align again. You know, Joe Maddon made the comment the other day about how the Rays could have won more and they could have won more. They they could have won, won the post season in 10 and, and 11 and 13. They, they They were certainly in the mix in terms of talent and if things had worked out, but it just didn't. And, you know, it always cracks me up at the end of every World Series. You hear all the pundits, maybe not all of them, but many of the pundits say, well, these two teams are the favorites next year. You can't say that. It just ne- Because, look, it never seems to happen. It feels like it's going in, and everybody will predict the Indians next year, and they'll predict the Cubs, and who knows, maybe it'll happen. But if history shows anything, it is extremely difficult to repeat, and especially when you look at what next year is going to bring. An earlier spring training, yep. uh, I think even an earlier opening day, if I'm not mistaken, the World Baseball Classic in there, and it seems like the Indians, Cubs, and pitchers, especially the Indians, really stretched out. That's why it's hard to repeat.
0: No doubt. And we'll get to some of the other comments that you brought up. I want to get to what I think was also an important piece in the Cubs coming back from 3-1 down. And I think it had to do with defense. On the other side, I mean, Cleveland, you mentioned their, their outfield their outfield defense probably cost them multi-run innings in games five, six, and seven to me.
1: It absolutely did. And the, the big question going into the National League Park, going into Wrigley for the middle games, was Carlos Santana. Well, he he didn't really have you know much of a problem mm-hmm. out there, as it turned out. Rajai Davis, my goodness, that's a guy that they bring in for defense. He had a terrible game six. It was reminiscent of those that may know some of their baseball history, the, the bad route that Kurt Flood took in the 68 series in game seven that helped win it. For the Detroit Tigers, uh, uh, and it looked just like that. He broke in and to the side instead of back. He just didn't read it well. Uh, and oh my goodness, with Naquin and Chisenhall, what in mm. the world was going on there? And it, it was shown by Francona recognizing what was going on and, and not playing Naquin in Game Seven, or at least not starting him. So I mean, my gosh, you you and I know it, and Dave too, of course, because we see it every day. You have a, a, a good outfielder like Kevin kiermeyer out there, Steven Souza Jr. It just makes so much of a difference, guys, that you can really lean on to make the everyday play, and then they'll make the spectacular play, too. But, boy, you've got to make that everyday play. Look at the, the rally in the, in the NLCS that helped lose it for the uh, the Dodgers. Andrew Toles had a hard time in the outfield. Yeah. Uh, so, boy, those you, you just can't give teams extra outs, and that's why I think you really need strikeout pitchers more times than not in postseason it does take some pressure
0: off your defense and and let's get to that from a strategy standpoint now look we know in hindsight that Miller was gassed that Shaw was gassed that even Allen as good as he was in in game seven was gassed but I was surprised Corey Kluber had no strikeouts he wasn't pitching well and they still had him start the the fourth inning with the game at 3-1 he gives up the home run and makes it 4-1 at that point I really was kind of surprised that Cleveland was able to get back into it but I was kind of surprised they stayed with Kluber as long as they did I think one of their big secrets
1: in their pen that they didn't utilize enough maybe in the postseason was Dan Otero. Uh, He was really, really good uh, in pressure situations this year for the Indians. And I can remember during the season, it seemed like, uh, and this is, by the way, uh, as a PS, part of the reason that I didn't think the Indians were done, that team came back a lot in games this year. They had to have led the league in walk-offs. And it always seemed like Jose Ramirez was right in the middle of it during the season. And a lot of times it was because Dan Otero came in and shut the other team down and stopped them from scoring and allowed the Indians' offense to come back late. So I kind of thought, especially there was a the point where they had that bullpen shot when he had Otero and Bauer warming up late in the game in the bullpen, and I'm sitting there going, why would you go to Bauer here? And he ended up going to Bauer. But I thought Otero was a, a, a better choice because he, he stranded base runners. He had a lot of uh, quick innings this year for the Indians, but that's just my thought. I, I'm not here to 2nd guess Frank Cone. Frank I mean, I, I think he pushed so many right buttons, and... Uh, and actually, I think, you know, a lot of me was rooting for the Indians because I feel for their their fans. Of course, the the Joe Madden lover in me was rooting for for Joe when it got to the point where they had blown the lead, when Chapman had blown it, and Davis had homered. I'm sitting there going, if the Cubs don't win this, Joe's really going to wear some goat horns here uh-huh. because of having Chapman pitch so much the day before. Uh, maybe taking. I thought he took out Hendricks a little bit early. I did too. Uh, as that turned out, also. And I sat there going, if if the Cubs don't win this, Joe's going to really have a lot to deal with this off season. Uh, so from that standpoint, because we all love Joe so much, I was very very happy for him. But he, I mean, he made some questionable decisions. But ultimately, I think more more the decisions. It all it all comes down to the players. And that meeting that Hayward uh, had during the rain delay may have been his most important. Uh, Uh, addition to the Cubs this year, more than his own field play.
0: Well, I mean, part of that is kind of the way things went. I mean, if you don't have a rain delay, he doesn't have the chance to do that. I I think it allowed, I think it obviously helped the Cubs because they caught their breath. They had the better hitters coming up. But, I mean, kudos to Hayward for for being able to do that in the moment. And and it just shows how much not only talent, but leadership they had in that clubhouse.
1: Yeah, and it makes me look at not just the Rays, but all teams around baseball. What players would have had the uh, the notion to do that at that point because it sounds like it was a very emotional meeting it sounded like mm-hmm. Russell and Chapman were both in tears and understandably I mean this, these are really high stakes in in the sports world you know not in real life you know this isn't this isn't uh, you know global politics or anything but it, it is in, in our world in the sports world this is high pressure stuff and so you can understand the emotion uh, coming out there so how many players in baseball would have thought in that moment. It made me think of Carlos Pena a little bit, you know, before game seven of the ALCS in 08, that meeting that he called. And I I think it takes a special player not just to call it, but to kind of, you don't just call a meeting if you're any player. You have to have the cachet in that call. You have to have the respect, and usually it's almost always it's a veteran that does that. And it made me wonder, who do the Rays have that, that could, you know, Evan could probably pull that off. Uh, I don't know if he would or if he'd feel comfortable doing it. You have to have that cachet, and you have to have a guy that kind of knows what to say and usually make it short and sweet. And it sure sounds like Hayward was the guy to do that. And, and hats off, because he recognized the situation. When you see something like that, it makes me think maybe he could be a manager or a coach one day.
0: No doubt. And I do agree with you to your, your point earlier. I In fact, I tweeted at the time. I said, I don't know if we will have an impact on the game, but I think Kyle Hendricks is coming out way too early. He seems in yeah. control of Cleveland's lineup. I was surprised at 7-2 the night before. I you know I definitely think that impacted Chapman's ability to, to pitch longer in the game, um, and I was too surprised at the Javier Baez uh, safety squeeze bunt whether whether it's on his own. I, mean, I I don't think it's on his own because he had one sacrifice all year. I don't think he's bunting on his own on a three two count. I thought those were all surprising moves, but eventually, again, the team with the better players and the better talent won out.
1: Yeah, I could not believe that three two. Uh, but I'm sitting there with, with Amy, and she goes, D- "Did Joe call for that?" And my initial thought was, "There's just in knowing Joe as we do, there's no way he's going to call for that." But maybe he did. I don't know. We haven't had a definitive answer. You know, A. Rod, uh, Frank Thomas, and Pete Rose all thought yep. uh, on their panel that that it was that it came from the bench, but. Knowing that, knowing what's going on with Baez, I, I don't know. I just, I didn't see Joe that, but maybe he did. you, you never know. Joe, Joe's one of those guys too. Just when you you think you know what's going to happen, something else happens. But uh, they, it, it ended up working out. You're right, the better team won, and uh, I don't know. I, I just feel for the Indians. I really do. <laughs> I really do. But but I'll tell you what. Once it got, once they tie the game and they had that magical moment, and then it got to extra innings. and am sitting there going, all right. You know what? I I, I can live with whoever. Whoever ends up winning this year. and uh, and I, you know, we're all texting around, and I just can't help but feel so happy for Ben Zilberst and Joe Madden. The, those two guys are so deserving of this, and are such good people that that uh, look. I feel bad for Geyer, and I feel bad for you know so many of the Indians uh, players too. And I've really come to like Francona a lot through mm-hmm. Kevin Cash, and I know you have too, and Dave also. So I, I certainly feel for them losing after up three games to one and two in your home ballpark. Man, that that can't be fun. But it really is. It's it's one of those times where, you know, it is the cliche, but somebody had to lose. It's too bad it's them. But, of course, you got to be happy for the Cubs. No,
0: no doubt. There are a couple of things from a Rays standpoint, you know, I wanted to touch on because I think they're going to now hear some of this narrative. Well, if the Rays had Joe and if they had Ben, their scenario would be different. And the thing that I want to – I think people forget is they were both here in 14 when the team won 77 games. Um, And I think Joe went, rightfully so, to a a great opportunity for him, and he took advantage of it. I mean, the Cubs have unlimited resources, um, and they had a a better talent base. And look, in terms of Ben, he is a terrific player. He is a clutch player, but look how many. I mean, they had Rizzo, they had Schwarber, they had Bryant. He would have still been the second-best player here, where he only has to be the fourth, fifth, or maybe even sixth-best position player at times on that ball club. I I think it does help you perform and relax, to have so much talent around you.
1: Oh, uh, it's it's such a good point. I mean, that that's exactly. Right. It's very very easy to uh, to to criticize the Rays, saying, "Well, if they had had men, if they had Zobrist, if they still had Guy, or if they had Price, if they had Shields, well, nobody keeps everybody." I mean, look, we probably end up losing more guys than other teams. But look, the Oakland A's could say that. The the, the Yankees could say that. A bunch of teams could say the players move, uh, and and I don't blame Joe for leaving. I don't blame the Rays for for. For allowing him to, to go or kind of getting caught in that situation, it's it's nine years is a long time. It really is. It, it things change. It you've got to be able to to change uh, as time moves on. So I, you know, I, I end up being happy for the the guys that we know that we've become friends with and end up winning it here and hope that our time comes again. Look, we had a tremendous window. We made yes. the playoffs four out of six years. Had just as much opportunity as any of the other teams in those playoffs. The Rays were right there in the mix, and we only got past the first round once. So that, you know, that's, that's shame on us. We, we didn't get it done when we had our opportunity. So now we've got to rebuild it for, for uh, the, the coming years, I and mean, it can absolutely be done. There's talent here, but they, they need to tweak. They need to get things better. We, need, we just need to play better fundamental baseball. I mean, uh, when I look back at the 16 season, the, where I shake my head is what happened to the fundamentals? I mean this this team did not play good fundamental baseball this year. I hope that there is not just a crash course next year in spring training, but I hope there is a season long remedial course and and an emphasis all year on playing the game the right way and throwing to the right base and being good base runners and and being smart baseball players, that's how this team is going to get back to postseason
0: again. No doubt. And and, and the other thing that kind of I don't know maybe maybe I'm over sensitive to it, but stuck in my craw was the 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 comment that you mentioned that Joe made about hey it could have been a uh, a Yankee like dynasty. And I said you know what that's kind of not fair to Mariano Rivera and Derek Jeter because I mean those are generational players and and. Yes, the Rays, if they kept guys, it would have been great, but they still went to... You mentioned the run, and and I I almost thought it was a little bit unfair to kind of... And I don't know the context. I'm not at these World Series press conferences where everything under the sun gets asked, but I was kind of surprised to hear that kind of thought process.
1: Yeah, I don't know how it was asked. I don't really know how it was said. I saw it in print, and it certainly makes for a good headline. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, I, I can understand what he means there because, look, we could have won. Four World Series. I mean, we could have made it to more than one. Uh, so that, I, my guess is, because Joe doesn't have an ax to grind with the Rays. No. He's not trying to, to come out and, and say anything negative about the Rays. I think he thinks very fondly of, of uh, his time uh, here with us. But uh, I, 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 if he means that, look, we had the opportunity to get there because we were there, then I absolutely understand it. But uh, I just I refuse to think that he was taking any sort of knock here and if anything i think he was defending the fact that it's incredibly difficult to keep it together when you're under the financial constraints that the rays are but look the indians are as you pointed out earlier are a wonderful reminder that it can happen now they've drafted and made made good trades the rays have made a lot of trades some have worked some haven't but they haven't drafted well enough but you know when i look at guys like casey gillespie it gets me excited for maybe what can happen and look at some point you just hope the stars can align but it's extremely difficult to keep uh, a, a team together when, when you 've got to keep the payroll at, at whatever it 's going to be,
0: no doubt, and either way, it was a memorable world series now we, uh, we truly are in the off season and I hope you enjoyed the rest of yours and i 'm sure we 'll be talking plenty as this off season progresses we
1: will we 'll talk on the podcast we 'll talk uh, off the podcast'll we'll, oh. <laughs> you know baseball season never really ends uh, as far as you and me and Dave are concerned, and we'll look forward to whatever the moves the Rays are going to make uh, we do know that they're they're focusing on. I would think this bullpen. This bullpen's got to get better, and uh, it, you know the the the, the fact that I couldn't believe it when they said it. The fact that the World Series did not have a starting pitcher go past six innings. Boy, if that doesn't tell you that times have changed in baseball, that you better have a darn good bullpen and have them fresh in October. I'm sure that's what the Rays are open for next year.
0: Great stuff as usual from one Andy Freed, and certainly we'll be chatting with him a lot during the course of this offseason. As he mentioned, the baseball season certainly never ends. And he also mentioned excitement for prospects like Casey Gillespie. Well, several prospects are in the Arizona fall league. Of course, it was just last week that I was out in Arizona. Brent Honeywell has gotten a whole lot of attention. His most recent two outings have been scoreless and he will start in the Arizona fall league all-star game. And I chatted with him last week about what it means to be in the Arizona Fall
2: League. Uh, I mean, you're going to see some big league guys. You're going to see guys that are in triple-A, Double A, AA and stuff like that. Um, but gonna execute, execute pitches that you know that I can make, and I know that I can make. So, um, and then being with everybody that we played against this year, a team that shared kind of shares spring training with us, uh, the Orioles, and then we. Tyler O'Neill pitched against Tyler O'Neill, who also hit a home run off me this year. Now he's on my team, thank God. But um, no, it's, it's a good experience. Is it a nice challenge to see how you fare against this level? The
0: latest test, kind of.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, I mean you get you get guys who've 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 had more professional at bats than a lot of people that I've seen, um, and I can tell that. I mean it's it's. I mean I'm I'm having a lot of fun.
0: How much does it help to have your catcher that has caught you before here, a guy who's with the organization?
2: That was that was that was kinda big. <laughs> uh it's uh it was I think yesterday yesterday we worked like we did all year. Um, you know, having having all of our guys that I was with this year, Kyle Berg, Greg Harris, Justin Williams. Never played with Diego but he's got some he's got some good stuff. Shufo and Kian. Um we're all friends, so um, even guys that are on different teams and stuff like that. I mean, we're just making, making a lot of new friends, meeting a lot of new faces and everything like that. Tell me
0: in terms of like a scouting report on your teammates, what you've learned about them,
2: what makes each of them special? Cause we're going to ask the same of them about you. Um, bird, bird can get the lefty out. Bird gets the left-hander out. Greg Harris is, he's working hard right now, man. He's, he's throwing, he's throwing a lot harder. Um, Keenan puts the ball in play, kind of a sure-handed defender, and then Shufo can throw at anybody that runs on two legs. So, uh, and Diego—I mean, Diego—throws gas and just gets people out. Who else we got? Justin. Yeah, I mean, hes has got some. We got some special. We got some special talent out here, man, and it's—it's—it's going to be fun to see what happens in the next couple years.
0: Do you like kind of gauge how the Rays guys do against some of the other guys, or or does it mean
2: something? Is there a level of pride? Oh yeah, I mean of course. I, I want I want our guys to to do what those guys do even better. You know I, that's what I want because want, these guys I'm gonna be playing with for a long time. Uh, I've been playing with them for a long time, and I've seen you know Bird grow. Bird seen me grow. I've seen Greg grow. Greg seen me grow. All of that stuff. So is. We all, want to do, we, all want to, we all want to represent the Rays because that's who we're wearing on our chest.
0: That's the top pitching prospect in the Rays organization in Brent Honeywell and a guy who certainly will be keeping an eye on not only in the Arizona Fall League but as 2017 evolves. And we'll continue to follow what's to come for 2017 next week. We'll find out if Kevin Kiermaier wins a gold glove. That'll be a subject of our podcast. And we'll also start to look ahead to guys the Rays may protect in the Rule 5 draft. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed a great World Series. We'll talk to you soon.